What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Two item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can. Two-item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Hey guys, what's going on? Your host, George McKay. I'm back in studio again today for another amazing interview. I just happened to see this young lady, this up-and-comer, uh, last weekend at uh, Revolution Women's Wrestling, and she was absolutely fantastic. I loved her match, and uh, well, there's no time like the present, so let me introduce her, welcome her to the show. This is Masha Slamovich. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. I just want to take the time out to thank you for being on the show. I do appreciate it because uh, I know uh, any wrestler's schedule is crazy. So whenever they can find the time to sit down and talk with me, I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm always glad to sit down and talk with people. I don't get uh, too many chances to do so. Well, that's perfect. I'm glad I could be one of those uh, one of those chances. So, um, Masha, one of the questions I always ask, it's kind of my standard start-off interview question, is I like to call it the defining moment. Everyone has that moment where they fell in love with wrestling. Uh, do you remember your defining moment? Uh, yeah, I, sort of. I was, I was really young when I started watching wrestling. I was maybe three or four years old. I just remember... When I saw it on TV, I just knew that that was what I was going to be doing when I was older. There was like, there was no shadow of a doubt. It just, not only did I fall in love with wrestling, but there was just some kind of calling that I, I felt that that was what I was meant to do in this life. Well, and, and speaking from seeing your match on Saturday where you completely decimated your opponent, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, I can definitely tell that this is 100% your calling. So, um, who did you, when did you kind of start training or, and who did you start training with? I started training uh, on November 22nd of 2014 with, uh, the unpredictable Johnny Rods at the world of unpredictable wrestling in Brooklyn, New York. And how was, how was the experience of training there? Like, I'm always curious because I've never stepped into a ring and I've never done anything in the ring. So I'm always curious about that first bump. I've heard so many people tell so many different stories. Some people say when they did it, 
they just kind of stared up at the lights for a few minutes and was like, oh, what did I get myself into? And some people were like, when they took it, they got right back up and like, yeah, let's let's do this again. Let's go. <clears throat> yeah, I remember at first uh, they taught me how to do some roles, which I wasn't too bad at since I had some previous experience in uh, gymnastics and other sports. But then uh, when I took the first bump, somebody had showed me how to do it properly. And just by taking that first bump, I could tell it was completely awful when I took the first one. I mean, it must have looked horrible. But I got right back up and I was I asked them, like, what what did I do wrong? How can I make it better? I was determined to get get my bumps right so I could just progress faster. So I was I was ready to learn. That's pretty cool because, um, you know, our bodies aren't essentially trained to fall backwards. The minute you start to kind of lose your balance, you kind of try to find a place to kind of recenter yourself. So it must be hard to teach your body how to kind of bounce, like fall backwards gracefully and fall back, you know, on a almost normal. Whereas, you know, most people don't learn how to do that. I think the only times we might learn how to do that is when we're walking for the first time. So this is almost kind of like walking for the first time when you take that bump, right? Oh, definitely. Um, it's weird because now when I see a lot of people taught how to take the bumps, uh, they're taught to squat down and fall flat back. But the way I was taught was it was like a weird balancing act. Uh, we were told to stand on one leg and pretty much try to lay down in the air. And once you couldn't balance any longer, you could just kind of kick your foot out and then you know, you'd fall in the proper position. And that's the way I've been doing it ever since. Well, I, I couldn't, there was nothing wrong with that, the way you were taught. I mean, everything, like I said, when I saw you this Saturday, everything looked absolutely perfect. So in terms of early influences, everybody kind of has them. Do you have kind of a wrestler, maybe as you grew up loving this business, somebody that you resonated with that kind of stuck out to you that maybe you pulled the occasional bit of inspiration from? Yeah, well... Uh, when I first started watching it, I was always a huge Undertaker fan, but being that I'm 5'3", there wasn't much of the Undertaker's uh, arsenal that I could use. So once once I started watching wrestling more and more, there was people, uh, for example, Bret Hart, uh, Shawn Michaels, and my number one and uh, number two, like the two greatest influences so my wrestling style would be the Dynamite Kid and Chris Benoit. Well, the Dynamite Kid, you know, that's a name I haven't heard before. Everybody else you've mentioned, I have heard before. But the Dynamite Kid, that's and not, not taking anything away from him. Definitely a great talent. But what about the Dynamite Kid that really resonated with you? It was just his intensity, his flawless style. It was fast. It was crisp. It was chaining high flying suplexes it had a little bit of everything it kept you on your toes and and it looked like a real fight and a lot of the time from what i've heard and you know read it really was a fight with the dynamite kid and i wanted to portray that in my wrestling style because i wanted everything to be very violent and realistic and i think i've accomplished that I would have to 100% agree with you. That actually, I guess, takes me to segue perfect to my question about Saturday. You faced Divya, and you probably had what I would consider myself to be finisher of the night. When you dropped her, it looked 
incredible. It looked like she was out cold. I couldn't believe. I mean, you can never really underestimate anybody, whether they're five foot three, you know, six foot seven, uh, seven feet tall. You can never really underestimate or overestimate anybody's power. But I mean, your power was on point that night when you dropped her down and you got the one, two, three. I looked over to my friend Joe, who's with me at the show. And I was like, damn, I think she's out cold because it, it just, it looked that devastating. And like you said, I mean, now seeing that and hearing your reference to the Dynamite Kid, it makes perfect sense. Well, I'm glad to hear it all makes sense. And uh, I'm glad that my finisher left a good impression with the fans. Oh, yeah, it did. Like uh, even I believe Chris posted on the um, the Instagram page the next day, I believe it was, or maybe uh, a day after. But he posted or somebody posted that this was finisher of the night. And I, I liked it right away. I commented. I go 100%. I sat front row center. And yeah, that was definitely finisher of the night. It looked devastating. So well done on that. And uh, actually, you uh, when we met at the show, you signed a picture for my wife. And it's actually, I wanted to ask about it because in the picture, you're holding a crutch, uh, like a, a medical crutch with barbed wire. Was that used in a match somewhere along the lines that you've done previously? Unfortunately, that barbed wire crutch did not get used the night uh, that the picture was taken. But I have used various other objects such as uh, other crutches, trash cans, steel chairs, anything. So are you more, uh, when you get the opportunity to, are you more of a like one-on-one classic singles type of match? Or do you really like to mix it up with like stipulation matches, hardcore matches, stuff like that? Uh, I'm always I'm always down for a good one-on-one brawl, but if the opportunity arises to have some kind of special stipulations, uh, I'm definitely not opposed to that. I've also been trying to get a dog collar match booked for quite some time, so if anybody is willing to do that, Masha Slamovich is ready to throw down the old school way. <laughs> Dog collar match. I haven't seen one of those in forever. That would be amazing. In terms of stipulation matches, though, do you have one that's like a personal favorite of yours, whether it might be a ladder match, hardcore match, falls count anywhere match, uh, TLC match, if you've done one of those, maybe a steel cage? Is there any stipulation match that you really, when you when you go to a show and the promoter says, okay, so you're booked against this opponent and we're going to do this type of match? I guess my two favorite stipulation matches would be uh, a no disqualifications match and a straight up submission match. Straight up submission match. What is uh, what is your submission of choice? Do you have one that you've kind of crafted yourself, or do you have one that you kind of you know taken or borrowed from somebody? Maybe uh, you mentioned Chris Benoit, so I I gotta say maybe the crossface crippler, or maybe your own take on the crossface crippler. I I do have several submissions that. That I use uh, I use the chicken wing uh, which has several variations to it as well as the tequila sunrise and the sharpshooter and there are actually several other submissions that I uh, that are more of a Japanese style fair enough fair enough so in terms of I'm always intrigued as well by um, character development or kind of the evolution of the character did you always start off as Masha Slamovich or did that start off as something else and then evolve to her? Huh. Well, I actually started out with um, quite the different name. When I when I first turned 18 and I was still training at Johnny Rod's school, I was sent off to Japan under the name uh, Skin Ripper. Okay. <laughs> that is uh, that is intense. Yes. That was, that was the first name that I wrestled with for 
I guess I would say the first three or four months of my career. And um, upon my return to the States and the beginning wrestling on the independent scene, I changed my name to Masha Slamovich. And where did the where did that kind of come from? Where was the inspiration for that taken? Well, Masha was the name of a good friend of mine growing up who passed away when I was 17 years old. So I decided to take her name and wrestle with her name in, in her honor, if you would say so. And Slamovich was, you know, it's a playoff of Slam a bitch, but we changed it to Vich to make it sound Russian. So I think it flowed together that way. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely um, rolls off the tongue. So in terms of like, because when you were in the ring, uh, I mean, obviously you were, I, I think I caught you speaking a little bit of the Russian and you come up with the Russian flag. So is that your, um, are you, is that your background? Are you full Russian or do you have a little mix of something else? No, I'm, I'm pretty much full Russian. That's awesome. So when Rusev comes out during WWE, if you ever get the time to watch wrestling during your down days, you can understand kind of what he's saying most of the time, eh? See, that's a popular misconception. Rusev is Bulgarian. Oh, I'm yes. Russian. So okay. I don't understand what he's saying. I mean, at all, really, when he's speaking Bulgarian, because it's it's a similar language, but not one that I understand, unfortunately. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he, he, did, he did come out originally in the Russian persona, but then they changed it to uh, the Bulgarian persona. I did forget about that. So thank you for uh, reminding me of that. I do appreciate that. What, um, uh, are you a fan of comic books at all? Uh, somewhat. I used to be more of a fan when I was younger, but now my time is pretty much consumed by wrestling, so I don't have time to be a fan of much anything else. Fair enough. The only reason I ask that is because I'm a big fan of comic books as much as I am a fan of wrestling. And um, there was a great series of comic books that came out in the late 80s to early 90s and actually a little bit in the 70s as well. It was called What If? It was this theory of comic books uh, on possible scenarios on if these things had happened what would change the course of events? Like, uh, for example, if Peter Parker didn't get bit by the spider, if uh, the Punisher's family never died, if the Fantastic Four didn't go to space, so forth and so on. So I kind of want to paint a picture and a scenario for you right now. Let's say one day you're walking downstairs in your apartment, your house, your condo, what have you, and you go to have your breakfast, you sit down at the coffee table, you sit down at the table with your coffee and your breakfast of choice, whether it be bacon, eggs, cereal, what have you, and in front of you lay five contracts. And the five contracts are, are for five different promotions. All the same amount of money, all the same amount of dates. That doesn't change. But the five promotions, and the only reason I mention these five is because these are the five I do follow uh, religiously. And I do uh, pay the most attention to these five. Uh, WWE, of course. AEW. Ring of Honor. New Japan Pro. And Impact Wrestling. If you had the option to select any of these organizations, again, same amount of money, same amount of commitment dates, which company would you go to and who would you like your first kind of rivalry to be with in that organization? Wow, that's that's a tough choice right there. Uh, I guess my top, I mean, everybody wants to go to WWE, of course, but I guess unpopular opinion is I would probably have to go to New Japan and I would like to face anybody and everybody there because I am very much a fan of Japanese wrestling and I also very much like to wrestle the strong style as I'm sure you can tell after Saturday 
yes. So I guess be my go-to. I love it. You know what? You're actually the first person that's mentioned New Japan. Most people do mention uh, WWE. A lot of people lately because they're kind of brewing for this whole Wednesday Night War thing that might be happening between AEW and WWE. A lot of people have mentioned AEW. Uh, a couple people Ring of Honor and a few people Impact. But no one has yet to mention New Japan. So I thank you for that because I myself am a fan of New Japan as well. I, I love everything that they do over there. I love the stories that they tell in the ring. And I feel that out of all those organizations, that would be the one with the most freedom in terms of character control and match control. I think that's the one where you really can uh, spread your wings, if you will, and kind of have your personal wrestling freedom to evolve and, and change. Would you not agree with that as well? Absolutely, I agree. And those were the exact thoughts going through my mind while I was trying to make that decision uh, between those five contexts. Perfect. So <clears throat> if you had a choice of, say, an all-time dream match, uh, again, could be man or woman, anybody that you would kind of like to get into the ring and mix it up with, one of those top-tier companies, and then maybe somebody in the indies that you haven't had the ability to face yet, do you have an idea of who that might be? Like your ultimate kind of superstar, legend, maybe current roster star, and then maybe someone in the indies that you haven't had the ability to face yet that you would love to get in the ring with if given the opportunity? Oh, well, as it goes for dream matches that will never happen, uh, my top three picks would, of course, be Dynamite Kid, Chris Benoit, and Bret Hart. Um, as for someone on a main roster right now, I would love to have a chance to go against Shayna Baszler, who's currently in NXT. As for on the indies, I would absolutely love to have a rematch with Chris Statlander. Nice. I, I, I love and appreciate all the choices. Yeah, I think you and Shayna Baszler, that one intrigues me the most because I I love what she does in the ring. I'm a big fan of her. I just I I I don't like her character just because she annoys me so much that she does her job very well. She is a, a perfect heel. And I'm not to say I don't appreciate the heel, but she's a perfect heel uh because she really does get under your skin. But that would be a match that I could definitely see you and her having one hell of a fight. And I'm not talking just a classic wrestling match. I'm talking a fight. And that's something I don't think anybody's been able to bring to the table to her. So who knows? Fingers crossed, maybe in the near future, I'm able to see that one because that would be absolute dynamite. Um, Chris Skylander, I don't know all too well. I've heard the name before, but I don't know all too well. But uh, that would be uh, that as well would be uh, an intriguing match to me as well. What about Chris Skylander sticks out to you the most as somebody that you would want to step into the ring with? It's uh, it's Chris Statlander, if I may correct you. I apologize. Um, I would I would love to wrestle Chris Statlander because she also wrestles in a quite intense style. She also wrestles like myself quite a few intergender matches, which I am a huge fan of. And she has, I mean, her character, her moveset, it's it's. Fantastic. She has aerial assaults, and uh, I would just love to have a good old fight with her. Very cool. No, very, very cool. Actually, you segued perfectly into my next question, which was going to be about intergender wrestling, uh, what your kind of stance on that was. Now, you did mention there that you, you do love it. You're a big fan of it. But, um, you know, some people can do it right. 
and some people could do it wrong. It all, I think it all depends on the story that you can tell and also who you're in the ring with, your proverbial dance partner, if you will. Um, has there ever been an intergender match that you've done that wasn't the greatest or has there ever been an intergender match that you've kind of done and you look back and you're like, yeah, you know, on that one was probably one of my top matches that I've had thus far in my career. I, I can't really recall any bad, bad intergender matches that I've had. I can't recall too many of the matches that I've had in the past uh, as it is anyways. But I can definitely recall having a very, very good brawl. Actually, this past Friday at the Guild against D.L. Hurst. And I am looking for any opportunity for us to have a rematch. And what is it about intergender that kind of, uh, you know, intrigues you the most? I mean, I get it. It's, it's a, you know, it's a chance to mix it up and do something that was very big, obviously, during the Attitude Era. And then it kind of fizzled out a little bit there during the early 2000s. But now it's kind of becoming more of a staple. And a lot more companies are getting behind it, which is great to see. Because I myself, I'm a big believer of man or woman doesn't matter. If you can go in a ring and you can throw it down, I want to see it. And sometimes when you get to see those those uh, those men versing the women, it, those are the, some of the best matches of the night. If, again, if done properly. Because I have seen some generally bad ones where they try to make it a little bit more comedy oriented. They try to make it maybe the guy going after the girl for the kiss and, and that kind of stuff. And, and that's something that I, I, I feel is tired and played out. But if I could see two genuine talents getting in a ring and mixing it up, then those are the matches that, that I want to see. So, I mean, in terms of, uh, of those, that's what I, I guess I kind of meant by bad ones, something like that with a, with, the, I mean, again, the story that you tell, it can be immaculate if done properly. So uh, what is it about the intergender matches that intrigues you the most? Uh, I guess you can say it all started with my training back, uh, back at the world of unpredictable wrestling, because Mainly, I was trained by men. While I was there, there was only myself and three other women there at the time that I started, who were Karen Q, MJ Jenkins, and Jay Alcato. But aside from training with them, for, for the most part, I was training with a bunch of guys. And that's just how I was taught, that if you can hang with the guys, you can hang with anybody. And now that you know I'm wrestling out on the independent scene, these hands, like I like to say frequently on my social media, are gender neutral. And when I have an intergender match, I don't have to have any concern of the guys coming to me afterwards and saying, oh, that was a little too hard. That was a little too intense. I can go out there and give it 100% and throw my shots and, you know, have a good old barn burner. Yeah, no, and, and that's a that's a perfect point, and that's that's those are the kind of matches that I love to see. I have yet to see, uh, you know, too many great ones, but I have seen some ones that are that were pretty uh, pretty stellar. But again, I've also seen those comedy ones, and those are the kind of ones that I I kind of shake my head at because I think the business has has come a long way. We're we're well beyond that and past that. And since we're kind of on the subject of things we're well beyond and past, uh, that would obviously definitely be the women's you know evolution in our sport. I have two daughters myself, and uh, it's great to watch both of them are, well, my three-year-old, she's just kind of getting into wrestling and understanding it, but my nine-year-old, she's a really big fan, like myself and my wife are, and we watch wrestling as often as we can as a family. That's kind of our, our family activity. So to see them being able to have, you know, women that my daughters can kind of look up to and put their faith in, to, that's pretty special. But, I mean, you know, when you were a kid, 
as opposed to, you know, now not saying that you're old in any standpoint, but when you were younger, there wasn't so much of that. So is it great and kind of gratifying for you to see how far uh, women have come in this great sport that we're talking about today? It definitely is because I remember as a kid and probably even now the tendency has stuck around that I give a lot more focus to men's wrestling. When I was growing up, I, you know, I mean, I watched women's wrestling, but I didn't really care about it too much. I was always more interested in seeing the guys and seeing some of the the more older and, like I said, more realistic and more violent style of wrestling. So I'm sure if there was, you know, people like Charlotte Flair and the rest of them on my TV screen when I was a child, I'm sure that they would have definitely caught my attention because they're all such talented wrestlers. Yeah, no, that and that's the truth. And again, like much like yourself, uh, yourself and all the ladies that put on the amazing show at, at Revolution, and a couple of those ladies I got to see for the first time, like yourself, and some of them I have seen before, like you know Casey Spinelli, Revel herself, and and so forth and so on. Jody Threat is another one. Um, in terms of where you kind of want to go with your career. And as you progress in this business, because again, it's only, it's only been five years. So still have a plethora of opportunity ahead of you. Is there something that you're a goal you're looking to obtain and reach to in the near future and something you're looking forward in the long term in terms of where you want your career to kind of go? I definitely have long term and term and short term goals. Um, short, short term being within the next year. My focus is on hopefully going back to Japan and hopefully reaching out to different countries to wrestle in, aside from the ones that I have already been to, you know, having my eyes on Puerto Rico and England, um, places like that. And, and I guess long term, you know, you can't say that it'll happen in the next year, but hopefully in in the future would be to get signed with one of the top five companies that you had named to me. Perfect. So where you, you mentioned like Puerto Rico and England as uh, countries that you haven't uh, kind of uh, got your feet into yet. But other than obviously the US and Japan and Canada, uh, what other countries have you wrestled in so far? So in January of this year, I wrestled both in the Dominican Republic and in Russia as well. Nice. How was how was Russia? Let's let's touch on that for a bit. You actually, you know what? Let's let's talk about the whole landscape because every uh, kind of country has their own type of fan base. I mean, U.S. and Canada are probably very similar, but Japan fan base is completely different. Dominican Republic, I'm sure the fan base is completely different, and Russia fan base is completely different. Like, talk to me about what's the what's the type of crowds that you kind of were kind of walking into. I guess we'll start with Russia first. How were the crowds out there? Uh. Well, unfortunately, during the time that I was in Russia, I was in the take. I was not able to perform on the live shows that they usually have. I was doing their TV tapings just due to the timing of my arrival there. So, hopefully, when I return to Russia, either later this year or in the beginning of the next year, uh, I'll be able to actually do a show. But from what I hear, I mean, the crowds are. They're rowdy, they're into it, just like any other place you would expect. And especially the place that I wrestled in was IWF in Moscow. They have so many talented wrestlers there that there's absolutely no way you could stay in your seat during during their shows. 
people people like uh, Ivan Markov and Casey would be my two standouts from the company. That's uh, that's incredible. Well, I, 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 it's amazing where you've wrestled so far, and I'm sure you're going to reach those other goals, uh, Puerto Rico and definitely the UK. I think you would tear it up in the UK. Is there anybody uh, specifically in the UK that you kind of may have a target on? Somebody you, you'd like to uh, kind of mix it up with if you get the chance to go out there? Oh, I mean, there's there's just a plethora of people there that I would be willing to wrestle, of course. But I guess the number one would have to be Tony Storm at the time. Oh, that just shut up and take my money. That that right there, that one. But that one's got to be you guys got to get locked in a cage for that one, man. Yeah. I think you got, I think you got to do a steel cage for that one. You got to go all out. I think you two would just oh, you and Tony Storm. Oh, shut up, take my money. I'm exhausted already thinking about the possibilities. Whew. But you know what? I don't think that could be just one match. It can't be one match. It's got to be like a series of three. I think you've got to kind of work your way up to that. You know what I mean? you got to maybe do the one-on-one classic, maybe with a double countout. Then go back in with a no DQ that, that ends in, in kind of like a, maybe you knock each other out and then you finish it in the steel cage. I think that's the way that's got to go. What do you think about that? Am I, am I doing okay as a, as a first-time booker there? I think you're doing fantastic, except I would like to top one more level to what you said. If you would be that excited to see myself versus Tony Storm, why not go for the Chris Benoit style and have a best of seven series? Oh, shut up and take my money seven times over. You're a genius. I love it. Okay, so if there's any promoters, when this episode drops, if there's any promoters out there that can make this match happen, you've already got my money. That's only one person, but I'm sure you'll get more people's money. We have to sign this. We have to make this happen for you, Masher. We got to do it. We're going to have to start campaigning on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We got to start doing it all. We got to start letting people know that this one has to go down. Let's get it done. (laughs) Um, I'm always a a big fan of kind of advocating for the the up-and-comers. And And, uh, when I told my daughter I was meeting you, I showed her some of the video footage from the night that we were at, that I was at Revolution. And uh, the only reason she didn't make it with me is because she was in a little bit of trouble. So the only way that I could, you know, punish her for not doing kind of things we asked her to do was take away her ticket. So I did. She got upset, but she got over it. But when I showed her some of the footage, she's really excited about you. And I kind of saw that glimmer in her eye. You know, that kind of glimmer when, you know, a kid sees something so cool that they absolutely love. If there was ever a, a little boy or little girl that wanted to get into this business, what would be the one piece of advice that you might give to them? My number one advice would be go for it and give absolutely everything you have to it. This business is a, is a difficult one and it is unlike any other business that I've, I mean, ever really seen. So I believe hard work can outwork talent. Even if you are a natural at this, that if you put in all the work and all your effort and you just completely surrender your life to this and put everything you have into it, you will absolutely see results. There's absolutely no way you won't. And there's nothing that's stopping you. So if you want this, come after it, but know that it's going to take, it's going to take everything from you. It's going to require all the sacrifices, some sacrifices are even unimaginable to you until you have to cross that threshold. But if you want it, go get it and you will achieve it. 
well said. That's that's a hundred percent well said. And in terms of sacrifice, I see it segues into my next question, which is about kind of family uh, support. Do you have that kind of family support? Is your family supportive of what you're doing, or did you kind of have the family that was like, oh no, it's it's too dangerous. You know, we don't want you to get hurt, stuff like that. Or or do you have the kind of family that's just like, hey, you know, do what you got to do. We 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 we're gonna be your biggest fans and be in your corner, whoever it might be. Do you have that kind of support system? Uh, I definitely, I mean, my family thinks I'm an absolute lunatic for doing this. And uh, every time my family sees footage of me wrestling, they're convinced that I'm going to kill myself in my next match. But they definitely play their part and they support me. And some of the sacrifices that I have to make, they help me along the way with it. And I'm very grateful to have people in my corner who... If not, at least my biggest fans, they are understanding of this career choice and they cheer me on and they want to see me succeed. And that, and that's, I think that's the most important thing. That's, that's the awesome factor when you have that, because I actually have spoken to some wrestlers that, that didn't have that support system. Oh, you know, you're crazy. You got to go to school first, you know, get it, fall back, get a career in your back pocket and then go, go live out this fantasy. And, and a lot of the wrestlers are like, Hey, it's not a fantasy. It's, it's what I want to do. And you know what? It's the same thing as this business is, is as hard as any other business it is, I think, to, to maintain it. I mean, you look at any other kind of sports star, you look at any other, like the music business, the acting business, it's all minimal minimal amount of opportunity but if you take those opportunities like you said then the doors will open and uh, it'll be a fast track and i believe that one day i will see your name on one of those big marquees in a main event for those five because i definitely think you are a talent worth watching so i already kind of kept my eye on you and i was looking forward to seeing you but now that i've seen you on saturday and i know exactly what you're working with girl you got total package and I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I love the character. Like I said, the power, the speed. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be something, but I did not expect it to be finisher of the night. Uh, I'll be completely honest with you. And it blew me away when I saw how you decimated your opponent. In terms of, um, kind of, uh, the grind on the road and the traveling and, and going back and forth from, you know, country to country to country, does it ever get to a point where you feel like you need a break? You know, you need to take some time for yourself or do you find that chance to take some time for yourself schedule dependent on, or do you just kind of take booking after booking after booking? Uh, I mean, me personally, I, I never get tired of being on the road. On the contrary, I get tired of uh, sitting idly at home. So I just bookings that I get, I take booking after booking after booking. There's a tour coming up. I'll be on it. There's a booking halfway across the country i'll go to it so you know, traveling is one of the great parts of wrestling and it's also a big part of why i wanted to be a wrestler because aside from loving this business i want to travel and i want to see the world and what better way to do it than doing what you love so i never get tired of traveling and seeing all the beautiful sights of places like canada and uh, all the other places that's a great question. That's a great answer to the question. Thank you for that. I, I, and I appreciate that too. I know that traveling is a big part. I mean, you got to be able to, to love both things in order to, to want to be on the road so often. In terms of fans though, uh, I always, I, I genuinely try not to ask this question, but I'm curious because I think this interview has been fantastic. You've answered all the questions as, as amazing as I would have expected. Fans, good, bad, 
Some are crazy. Some believe it, the business wholeheartedly. Some just go there to cause trouble. Some go there to genuinely have a good time and appreciate great talent. Have you ever kind of had a situation with a fan where they've, you know, just been too rowdy? If, if that can, can happen. Oh, it absolutely can happen. I, not me personally. I mean, I've had all kinds of things thrown at me and thrown in the ring. Uh, actually, I did just recall something that happened in the Dominican Republic that had almost slipped my mind. Uh, after the first show that we did in Mocha with uh, BWF and FCW, I believe it was, uh, pretty much every fan of the building stormed the ring. And after having to call the police to get them out of the ring, they proceeded to chase us all into the locker rooms where we had to stay barricaded for a good 20 minutes because they were trying to get in through the doors, the windows. They were still trying to get into our van like two hours later. It was an absolute madhouse. And what, what caused that? Uh, I'm not too sure as I, I only speak some Spanish, not a lot. I remember just being under the bleachers and I was watching uh, the main event in the ring as well as the promoter. And then all of a sudden my promoter who was, uh, he's not a small man. Uh, he just comes running at me and he's like, get in the locker room. So I follow him in. And after that, I'm just asking him I'm like, what the hell caused this? Why are they, why are they running after here and climbing in through the windows? I even have photos of that. It was very, very interesting moment. Yeah, that sounds that sounds definitely uh, kind of like one of those heart-stopping moments. Have there ever been a, a situation with a fan that kind of stands out in your mind in a good way? Like uh, maybe a fan came up to you and was like, you know, it's just so awesome to see you tonight. You, you kick so much ass. I, 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 lo I love you. You're like amazing. Has there, there, I'm sure there's been moments like that, but is there one that kind of stands out in your mind? Uh, there, is, there is definitely one. Uh, this moment was actually – part of the ice uh, winter like ice roads tour that I did with uh, Canadian wrestling federation earlier in the year, we were all the way in angling Lake Ontario, which is, I mean, if you Google map this place, you'll even wonder how the hell we got there because it is just so far North without any roads. We had to drive over a bunch of lakes and swamps to get there. But I remember that I had left the, like community center where we were staying at at the time to go outside after the first show as, as we had two shows there and maybe a group of 10 little girls from the town ran up to me and surrounded me. And they were all, you know, asking me about wrestling. They were all talking to me saying how they were huge fans. And uh, a bunch of them had given me like a bunch, you know, like a bag of treats and some fan art that they had drawn for me. And it really, it touched me because I realized that some of those communities that we go to, they are so far removed from civilization that us coming there, it's like WrestleMania for them. It's all that they have. And it was, I mean, I was just really touched that they, that they were fans and they were happy with me and I was glad to be interacting with them. And I just... I was so happy to be able to bring joy and happiness and entertainment to these people and these communities that we visited. And that's, that's a pretty awesome moment. Do you still have some of the fan art? Do you kind of carry it with you when you're on the road? 
Yeah, I have a binder where I keep uh, my 8 by 10s and in the back, the back pocket is filled with those same pictures that they gave me to this day and others that I've received from other people. And those got to be even more special than any title you may win or any, you know, amazing show you might get booked on. It's those connections with the fans that always will resonate with you. Absolutely. I love it. That was amazing. Well, Masha, this interview was absolutely stellar, as I knew it was going to be. And I'm so honored that you took the time out to talk with me today. And I want to officially let you know that you are now a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my Skype. I have your Skype anytime. Maybe you're in between shows and you're bored. You're like, hey, let's call the host. You can absolutely call me. We'll do this all over again. Well, that sounds great. And I look forward to... Uh, at some point having another interview with you and thank you so much for having me here today and i had a great time talking with you thank you very much before you go is there do you want to shout out your socials in case some of my fans may not know who you are which i guarantee you after this interview they will yes uh all of my uh social media handles are the same they are all at masha slamovich m-a-s-h-a S-L-A-M-O-V-I-C-H. Masha Slamovich. Perfect. Again, thank you so much for the time. Go enjoy the rest of your evening. And I can't wait for uh, Revolution to come back again. I think I heard whispers of a show maybe in January. I hope you're on the card again, and I cannot wait to see you. That would be fantastic. Uh, Let's see what's in the works. And I look forward to seeing you again. All right, my dear. Again, from all of us here at Straight Talk Wrestling, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and we will talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, that was Masha Slamovich. Absolutely amazing interview. I loved how candid she was, how honest she was, how real she was. And this is this is what drives Straight Talk Wrestling. It's all about being honest, upfront, and everything in between. As always, I'm your host, George Bakai. And next week's episode will be, ah, I'm not going to tell you. Right, Jeff, I know you're listening. Jeff's one of my good friends and longtime fan and a listener. And Jeff, I want to tell you. And next time I see you, I still won't tell you because you got to follow the socials. You'll get those at the end of the show as well. Don't forget, please, please, please support the show. Got a couple shirts up on ProWrestlingTees.com. I am working on a few new designs. It's just been a crazy time period with interview after interview after interview of bringing you guys these amazing talents that I've been able to bring you. As always, I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you again next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic. Available online and at CVS.
These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.